God, once again, we thank you so much for your generosity to us, Lord, that you've blessed us, Lord, that we've, that we've had able to live in the country in which we live in, Lord, that we have the homes and the vehicles in which we uh, live in and drive and the clothes that we wear and all of the things that you bless us with, God. And so, Lord, we, it, is, it is an honor and a privilege to give back to you and to generously uh, give uh, to you and to your work and to the kingdom of God here on earth. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just take the offering, bless it, multiply it. Lord, may it go reach souls for your kingdom. May there be life change. Lord, may there be salvations. May there be uh, disciples grown and developed uh, in, in your kingdom because of the generosity of Bridge Church, that we're making a difference in our city, in our region, in our state, and around the world. So, God, we bless you and we honor you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I did not have COVID. I did have flu, but I uh, did not have COVID. And if I did have it, I believe God would see me through. Amen. How I many of you know we don't fear COVID? Most people don't fear COVID. They fear death. But you're going to die one day. I can assure you that you're not escaping the planet without dying. Even if you go in the rapture, if you believe in the rapture, your body's going to stay here. Your spirit's going to go up. You're going to have a new body. So either way, you're going to die. In fact, Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, it's appointed unto man once to die. Then the judgment. That is not my message today, but it's a good message. But you're going to die. But you're going to live again. Amen. And eternal life for the believer does not start when we die. It starts when we're reborn in Christ. Amen. That's good gospel preaching. Today we're going to conclude the series called At the Movies with the movie, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. Like I've said in previous weeks, don't build your theology on movies. Even when it's a good movie, theologically, biblically, it might not be Accurate. That's why we need to study the Word of God. Amen? And we need to know the real so we can pick out uh, the counterfeit. When the government 
instructs people to study counterfeit bills, they never really observe the counterfeit. They study real dollar bills, $20 bills, $100 bills, so they can really recognize the counterfeit when it comes along. So we want to study the real thing, which is the Word of God. And we're going to look at Mark chapter, or John chapter 9, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And uh, we're going to look at a story, story of Jesus, and we're going to read it today, beginning at verse 1. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground. All the guys said yes. <laughs> he spit on the ground. Made some mud with his saliva. Ooh. Can you even picture Jesus spitting? Now, some of y'all have this image of Jesus as being this little old kind guy. Sissy. No, this, I believe Jesus was a man's man. He was a carpenter. Like he was built. He was chiseled. I didn't eat four or five times a day back. And look what he did. He put it on the man's eyes and he said this, Go. He told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. Look what it says. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Look at that last verse. So the man went, he washed, and he came home seeing. It's simple as that. Brandon Lake, he sang a song recently that uh, the words go like this, too good to not believe. Meaning this, God is so good that you cannot not believe him. In fact, the psalmist in Psalm 119 said this, said this God is good and what he does is good. How many know God never wakes up and has a bad day because he can't have a bad day because he is good by his very nature. God doesn't do good deeds because he wants to do good deeds. He can't help but to do good deeds because out of his nature, which is good, flows his goodness to you and me. That's who he is. It's like the song, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And so the God we serve is not some senile old man in heaven ready to hit you over the top of the head every time you sin. He is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. James 1.17 says every good and perfect gift comes from him. So he's not the Unabomber going to send you a bad gift. He is a good God who gives good gifts to you and I. Throughout my life, I've seen and experienced the goodness of God. 
in, in my family's life, in my children, in my wife, in our church, in my family growing up, I saw the goodness of God as he provided for my family. And in 1975, I saw God perform a miracle in my mom's life. She was diagnosed with cancer, was instructed to abort the baby that she was carrying, but she believed God. She went to a church service after receiving that diagnosis, was prayed for, went back to the doctor, all the cancer was gone, and now my sister is 46 years old today. Why? Because God is a good God. He's a loving God. In 1986, they sent my dad home to die. They could do no more for him. He had been in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, there at the hospital on the campus of UNC. They sent him home to die, but my dad lived after we prayed for him another 12 productive years. Why? Because God is a good God, and he's the giver of every good and perfect gift. I'm reminded of the story of Carol Palatini, who was one of the original members here at Bridge Church. Back in 1998, she came to Bridge, and uh, soon after that, she found a mass in her stomach. The doctors discovered a mass in her stomach. She had been in much pain. And uh, on their account, they thought it was cancerous. And so they were going to go in and do a biopsy and, and probably do surgery and take it out. But she came to church, and, and we prayed for her. And she went back to the doctor. Not only was it not cancerous, but when she went back to the doctor, the tumor was gone. How do you know God is a good God? And, and sometimes we try to limit the ability of God. God is not like us. He is a supernatural God. He is above us. He is holy. And he does extraordinary things. The building that you're sitting in on 28 acres just proves the goodness of God. That a couple could come to Virginia Beach and start a church and, and God bless it and, and multiply us and, and just bless us in a way where we could buy 28 acres and build a building on the property and this building's around $6 million. See, it just proves the goodness of God. And now we have a campus in Greenbrier and one going in Moyoc sometime next year because God is a good God. If you come to me and say, Pastor, I don't believe in miracles, and you should, well, you've come too late because I've seen God do so many miracles in my life and in my children's lives and in my family and in this church. The ongoing miracles that we hear and, and we see is something that just surprises us over and over again. Brandon Lake's song, it says this, one of the lyrics. It says, after everything I've seen, you're too good not to believe. God is too good not to believe. So as we begin to think about miracles and the miracle working power of God, the word miracle sometimes has lost its luster in our nation and in our world. It almost seems like it's used so flippantly and frequently that it's lost its true meaning. How many of you ever said this before? It's a miracle I made it to work on time. <laughs> it's a miracle that that police officer didn't give me a ticket. 
around Christmas time and after Christmas time, we say, it's a miracle I didn't gain more weight than I gained. Some of you this football season will say, it's a miracle that the Washington Redskins can win a game. <laughs> Amen. See, we use that word miracle in such a way that it loses its power, it loses its significance, and it loses its meaning in life. Why? Because we use words in a way that diminish their power. See, miracles are this right here. Miracles are those acts that only God can perform, usually superseding natural laws. Baker's Dictionary of the Bible defines a miracle as an event in the external world brought about by the immediate agency or the simple volition of God, meaning this, only God can do it. Only God can do it. And there are things and periods in our lives and times and situations in our lives where only God can do it. Only God can turn the children around. Only God can make my business flourish. Only God can heal my body. And that's what a miracle is. It's when God steps in and does something supernatural. Now in this movie today, the girl who believes in miracles this girl just was a small girl, a young girl. She just believed God, took him at his word, and just had faith in God. I want you to look at this first video today. Touching it, Sarah. It's okay. It doesn't look dirty. There's no bugs on it or anything. It's dead. You want to bury it? No. It might not be dead. It's hard as in beating Sarah. It feels cold. It's dead. Maybe if we pray, he'll come back to life. Sarah, the bird is dead. Nothing to bring him back. Lazarus was dead for four days and Jesus brought him back to life. But Jesus isn't here and the bird isn't Lazarus. God is always here. Well, I don't see him. But we have to have faith in miracles. We need to have some sense in her. Maybe we should leave her alone. Have a little faith and let her pray. Okay, but... She's going to have about as much luck moving those trees as she will bring that bird back. It's not going to happen. Sarah, I'm sorry about the bird, but death is part of life. You can spend the day any way you want, Sarah. We'll be over at the Cedars if you need us. this poor little guy, so maybe you could help him out. His family's probably missing him, don't you think? You wouldn't want them to be sad, would you? Please bring him back. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
should hold this for dinner. All set? Let's go. Hey, did you catch anything? Come on, Sarah, we have to go. Look, I offered to help you bury it. Come on, Sarah. Your mom's not gonna like it if you're late for dinner. You see him? Who? God. Do you see him? Come on, Sarah, that's not funny. There. Show me where he is. You don't see him? He's floating over the water. There, we have to go. Did you see that? Maybe the wind woke it up? The wind? It didn't have a heartbeat and it was cold. God brought it back to life. said something, and I hope you caught it because you guys know the Bible. She said, you have to have faith in miracles. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever tell you to have faith in miracles. Mark eleven twenty two, Have faith in God, Jesus said. Meaning this, our faith is not in the miracle. Our faith is in the God who can perform miracles. And so as we look at our text today, Jesus is being persecuted by the Pharisees. They try to pin him in a corner. And Jesus makes this statement. He said, before Abraham was, I am, in John chapter 8. Before Abraham was, I am. That one phrase, Jesus was saying this, I am God. And it made the Pharisees totally mad. They tried to pick up stones to stone Jesus, but Jesus escaped and he comes along and he sees this blind man who's been blind since birth and his disciples ask him this question, who sinned, the man or his parents that he was born blind? Now you got to understand this about the culture of that day. The Jews often believed that blindness or any other disease was a result of personal sin. See, the disciples wanted to have a theological discussion, but Jesus wanted to meet the practical need of the person. That man had a practical need, and these guys wanted just to ramble on theological discussions. They wanted to pontificate on what they thought was wrong with the man. How I many you know sometimes religion always focuses in on sin? 
And they cannot meet the natural practical needs of people. And Jesus cut through the theological discussion and he said, neither. This man was born that way so the works of God could be put on display. Jesus did not want to have some rambling discussion of the reason why this man was born this way because Jesus already knew why he was born this way because we live in a fallen world. All of us are born in sin. This man was born physically blind, but we're all born spiritually blind. He said this has happened to bring glory to God so that the works of God can be put on display. And Jesus kneels down, he spits, he makes some mud, he puts it in the guy's eyes. Now Jesus didn't do that every time he healed somebody. But he did it that time. And he tells him, go to the pool of Siloam. And there, I want you to wash. The Bible simply says the man went, he washed, and he came back home seeing. I believe that miracle that day was tied to that man's obedience. How many of you know, sometimes God ties the miracle to our obedience. If the guy would not have went, if he would not have washed, he probably would have never seen but he was willing to do what Jesus told him to do. Jesus gave him an instruction that he obeyed. Now, in our culture, just think about it. What if somebody came in here blind and I spit on the ground, I made mud, and I put it in his eyes? It would be on the front page of the Virginia Pilot. Crazy pastor puts mud in somebody's eyes. Think about that. See, miracles are powerful. Miracles come from God. Number one, acts that miracles are acts that only God can perform. If you can perform them, it's not a miracle. It must be an act that only God can perform. Psalm 77, 14 says, acts that only God can perform. It says, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. God wants to display his power in and through us. Sometimes we say, well, why don't, what if the person doesn't get healed? Well, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to pray and believe. That's the only responsibility I have today is to pray and believe. Jesus said in this passage, he said, I am the light of the world. But in another passage, he said, you are the light of the world. How many of you know we're called to do the miracles of Jesus in our day? We don't believe miracles were done away with, with the, when the apostles died. We believe miracles still happen today. And God performs those miracles in and through us. The Bible says in Acts that God performed miracles through the hands of the disciples and through the apostles, through the New Testament church. And that still happens today, not just in a night of worship, not in a worship setting, but that should be going on every day of our lives when we pray for people, when we encourage people, when we strengthen people, when we invite them to church. These miracles should be gone on an ongoing basis in our lives. 
That we're people of faith and we don't put our faith in the miracle, but we put our faith in the God of miracles. At the end of April, one Sunday, we were in the worship service, the first service, and Rick Minnie had a medical emergency. Rick Minnie, his heart stopped beating. He had no pulse. He was at the back wall. I was standing beside him. Our police officer who's on duty came in. We were still worshiping. Had several other medical people helping out, trying to find a pulse. Could not find a pulse. Called the ambulance. He, he serves on the security team. We were wrapping up worship, and I saw my wife up here transitioning like only she can and sing and lead people into worship. And, and instead of stopping the worship, I just came up and, and just took the mic and said, we want to pray for Rick. And this whole church, that first service, just began to pray. That's when we were in three services. And we were praying. And while we were praying, I saw Rick stand up and walk out the back door. I'm like, wow, a miracle. Because I was back there with Rick. It was already about four or five minutes by this time. Rick had no pulse, but God supernaturally raised Rick back up. Why? So that God can receive glory through the resurrection of Rick. And Rick was raised back up. And here's Rick over here. Stand up, Rick. He's still, he's still serving today. Come on. God's a good God. God miraculously did that. Number two, miracles are signs that point to Jesus. Look what Hebrews 2.4 says. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. In the New Testament, the word miracle can also be translated sign. Sign. I mean, you know, a sign points you to something. Oftentimes we go on vacation and we follow the signs or we follow the signs on our phone. If I was going to Disney World and I got down 58 West, hit 95 South, and drove forever, <laughs> hit Interstate 4, and went into Orlando, about 200 miles out, I would see some signs, 204 miles to Orlando. Now, it would be crazy for me to get out, stop my car, and stand beside the sign and just gaze at it like I have arrived. How many of you know the sign is not the fulfillment of what I was looking for? I'm looking for Orlando. I'm looking for Disney World. And it would be crazy if I just parked my car beside the sign and said, kids, look. <laughs> How many of you know, most of us do that. When we see a miracle, we see a sign, we stop and we gaze at it, not knowing that sign is pointing us to a greater reality. And the substance that it's pointing us to is Jesus himself. It's Jesus. Signs point you to Jesus. And number three, miracles are interventions by loving God. That God comes into our world and does miracles 
that contradict the laws of nature. That God comes in and he intervenes. When I was growing up in church, I would hear people pray, Lord, we need you to intervene. What they were asking God for was a miracle. God, can you come do a miracle? Only you can do this. And if you don't show up, it's not going to happen. See, God doesn't give us good gifts because we're good. He gives us good gifts because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, my goodness will never merit the favor of God. I'm not favored by God because I'm good. I'm favored by God because Jesus was good and he died on a cross and I received the free gift of salvation and now I am in Christ. It's an intervention. Luke chapter 1, we typically use uh, this chapter in the Bible around Christmas. It's the story of Jesus' birth. It's the most detailed account of the birth of Jesus given to us in the New Testament. An angel comes to Mary, an angel Gabriel, and says, you've been highly favored. The Lord is with you, and you will conceive and give birth to the Son of God, and he will be the Savior of the world. You will call him Jesus. Immediately, Mary says this right here. We would probably all say it. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, she was looking at her deficiency and not God's sufficiency. She was looking at her powerlessness to do what God had called her to do and not the power of God to bring about that reality in her life. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So meaning this, the angel said, it's not up to you, Mary, to bring about this word of God. It is only up to you to submit to the word given to you by God. You have to be a willing vessel and come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And Mary was willing to do that. And we know the rest of the story is history because the Virgin Mary was willing to receive that word from God and God did a miracle through her, a virgin birth. Jesus came and now we're sitting in this building because of Jesus. It's an intervention. It's when God comes down and he intervenes in circumstances and situations. The whole Bible is full of it. But how many of you know the book of Acts does not end with Acts 29. The book of Acts is still being played out today. We are the New Testament church and we believe in healings and we believe in miracles and we believe that God can change people's lives, that God can intervene and do supernatural things in people's lives today. I want you to watch this second clip. Sir, can I ask you something? Sure. Do you think you can help me walk again? I don't know. Maybe. Could you say a prayer for me?
a good guy. He really is. Maybe you could help him walk again? Could you do that, please? I'll pray for you more when I get home, too. See you, Mark. Okay, thanks. See you tomorrow. is all about. I moved my toes this morning. No, he really did though. Which foot? Both. Show me. Mark, uh, I, I don't know what happened. Your spinal cord injury isn't it? Wait, just give me a chance. Please. for the glory of God here. You know, the greatest miracle is not the recovery of a paralyzed boy. It's not the resurrection of Rick. The greatest miracle is the salvation of the soul. That God comes in, takes out our old heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. That's the greatest miracle that could ever happen in our life. 
else. Maybe you need a miracle in your family, your marriage, kids, finances, your body, or sick. You know someone's sick, somebody's in the hospital. God wants to do that. It says the guy went, he washed, and he went home to sleep. He just obeyed a simple instruction from Jesus. What if all of us could hear Jesus speaking to us when he would say, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to hear, help that single parent mom. I want you to speak a word of encouragement to this person. I want you to go pray for this person. What would God do outside of this building if all of us would, would hear Jesus? The guy heard Jesus. He went, he washed, and he went home soon. I grew up in a home where this was not uncommon for people to come to, come to my house so my parents could pray for me. Not just Christians, unbelievers would come and God would touch them in a mighty way. Why? Just obedience. Just obedience. How I many you know God's forgiven us? Jesus paid the price on the cross for our forgiveness. We don't ask God to forgive us. We just receive what he's already given. So if you're in here today and you're unbelieving, you say, I don't know Jesus. You don't ask God for forgiveness. He's already done that. You just receive forgiveness today. It's free. It's a gift. It's called salvation. We bow our heads. Lord, we just thank you, God, that we're already forgiven. The cross proved that. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection sealed forgiveness. Lord, we just want to receive it right now. Lord, we receive the gift of forgiveness, salvation today. Maybe you're in here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you say, I need to receive the free gift of salvation. You don't have to beg for it. You just receive it. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's freely given by God. You're in here. You say, that's me today. I just want you to raise your hand with all heads bowed. You say, that's me. I just want to receive the free gift of salvation. I believe God is speaking to people. I believe God is speaking. Maybe you're a believer in here today and you just you just need God to just increase your faith. He wants to do that. Maybe you're a believer in here today. You just need to be more obedient to the Holy Spirit's promptings in your life when He speaks to you about forgiving a person or praying for someone. Maybe in public. Maybe it's where you work. We're called to do that. 
called to be his hands and feet and arms and love in a world that's hurting. What better time to be the body of Christ and in a world that is so confused, a world that's hurting, a world that's fearful, what better time to be Jesus in our world? Can we just raise our hands right where we're at? Lord, I just pray for each person. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we're like the blind man in this story. We cannot see, but you came and gave us sight. like the old song Amazing Grace says we were blind but now we see Lord Lord I pray for each person here today I just pray they would receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the works of Christ in the world God it's not for paid professionals the spiritual elite. It's not for the religious. God, you chose common people to do uncommon things through. You chose natural men and women all throughout Scripture to do supernatural things through. And we want to be that people, Lord. God, who heal the sick, encourage the discouraged, strengthen the weak, uplift those who have been pushed down. God, help us to be people of faith in our world. Today, Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our president and its leaders. We pray great grace over them. God, we pray for Louisiana as they're facing this storm, I just pray for protection of life, protection of homes. God, that you would strengthen them today, that you would preserve life. God, we pray for our soldiers in Afghanistan. God, we pray for the Afghan people. We pray, Lord, for wisdom in that situation. We pray, God, right now that you would put a hedge of protection around that air base in Jesus' name. God, we just pray, God, that you would thwart the plans of the evil one, the enemy, and that no weapon formed against them would prosper. God, I just pray that a shield of fire, God, would come around that airport. God, that you would show yourself strong and mighty. God, that you would prove your faithfulness there today. Lord, we pray for Haiti today. We pray great grace over them as they've suffered through an earthquake and loss of life. God, we pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray for the missionaries there and the ministries there. We pray, God, that you would supply every need that they have. Lord, I pray for the western part of our nation that's suffering under great wildfires. Lord, we pray that your grace and your mercy will be spilled out, Lord, and that our 
our nation would repent. Lord, we know to repent means to have a change of mind. May we see you in a different light today. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done in America, in the earth, as it is in heaven. Lord, we declare your goodness. We declare your goodness over our nation. And God, may a, a revival, an awakening take place like never before in our nation. God, we, Lord, we, we will not give in to the spirits of division and disunity. Lord, we know that the spirit behind that is the spirit of antichrist, Lord. We will be people that love one another. We will be people that encourage one another. We will be people that speak life and not death. We will be people, God, that pray. We will be people that go forth in the might of Christ. We will be the light of the world, just as Jesus said that we are the light of the world. God, we pray a special blessing on your people today. God, that you protect them in their going and their coming, that the blessing of the Lord that makes rich without sorrow would be upon them. God, that fear would subside and give way to supernatural faith, that you would protect their families, their children, that you would protect their parents, their grandparents. God, that a supernatural wave of protection would be over us in a supernatural way. God, that we'd walk in your goodness and your favor all the days of our lives, Lord. And God, we know just as Psalm 23 says that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, Lord. God, we thank you for the favor of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise?